everybody. Welcome to the Coach's Journey podcast. And no, no pre-recorded intro today. We're going to go straight in for this episode for reasons that will become clear. Um, before we get into that, I want to do my normal thank yous to um, members of the Coach's Journey community and support the podcast. That's a way to... Um, Way to support the show, keep it going, enable it to go to new places, which again we'll get to in the next uh, little while. And and thanks to everyone who supported the show, shared it with other people. Um, had a lovely little exchange on LinkedIn um, the other day about the Toku McCree episode recently, um, and and people saying that as they read the the post that someone had shared about the show, um, Alex Swallow, um, who again we'll get to shortly, uh, they were also already listening to the episode, the interview with Toku. So it's, it's lovely to feel the show reaching out. So thanks to everyone who shared it, and thanks in particular to um, Kasum Ravindranath, David Norris. And then particularly to Alex Witten, Joey Owen, Ruth Saville, Neil McKinnon, and Alex Swallow. Again, because we'll get to that in a minute. So let's do some uh, headlines of what we're going to do today in this call of what you're going to listen to. We've got some exciting changes coming uh, for the Coach's Journey podcast. Um, in a way, this is the start of Coach's Journey 2.0. Um, it's almost almost exactly um, four years since the podcast started. Started. I'm pretty sure the first episode was November 2019. Um, you're listening in probably if you're listening as it, as it comes out in December 2023. Four years has flown by, fifty something episodes, um, and it's time for something to just shift so that we can we can uh, move this on to a new level. Hopefully, have it reach new people uh, and and be even better. Um, and the two big changes are from 2024, the podcast is going to go back to being fortnightly. What do you mean back? Most people are saying, well, for the first few months of this show, before I realized it was way too much for me to do alone, it was going to be a fortnightly podcast. And then I got stressed out because I couldn't keep up with the content. And because it, because I was doing all of it myself, then it, it was taking over my life. Um, and I moved to monthly. And that's one of the kind of classic um, habit building moves. In, in my view, that I kind of, as I really got into the 12-minute method work in the last few years, really became clear to me that much, much better to have a, a habit that you can continue with for the long term that is sustainable than something that you run out of energy for because you've uh, tried to be the hare, not favoured the tortoise. Um, but we're going to go back to fortnightly. And part of the reason that that is going to be possible is going to be joined by five new hosts over the next year. So um, they are the people that I've been kind of unsubtly hinting about so far in this show. They're joining me on this call. Um, so uh, unmute yourselves, I think, and say hello if you're on mute where, when I introduce you. So it's, it's I'm very delighted to be joined by Joey Owen. Hello there. Neil McKinnon. Hello. Alex Witten. Hi, everyone. Alex Swallow. Everyone. And Ruth Saville. Hello. And it's great because I, I I nearly did a blind date reference to introduce you and ask you to do what's your name and where do you come from? And I didn't do that because I thought that'd be a bit uh, too much because I'd have to say your name is the problem with Zoom introductions. You have to say, uh, Joey, tell me your name. And then then it's all done, isn't it? But I did get still feel like a game show host then, which is uh, very important uh, for the rest of the show. <laughs> um, so fortnightly and... Uh, a new team of hosts, which will enable that fortnightly thing without me getting worn out. And I think more importantly that than that will bring more of the energy that will enable the Coach of Jenny podcast to become something more than it has been so far. Um, one of the uh, reflections I haven't shared with any of you, actually, I had it, had it this morning. So I'm doing some work at the moment with Robert Holden, who I've been thinking about this quite a lot, remains for me one of the, I don't know what, it would, what I'd call it, one of the, well, maybe I'd call it the most interesting people operating in the coaching space in the UK. 
um, and um, the way he holds things, so many things about that. And um, his latest book is called Higher Purpose, which I haven't read. Um, luckily, I don't think Robert will be listening to this show, so he doesn't know that. Um, and But he, he's also started um, a new membership called Purpose Club, which is actually a really affordable way to work with him, which which everyone should check out. And I joined that, and it's had me thinking about purpose. His, his big question, in a way, in, in, in that work seems to be, when are you on purpose? And what do you know about that? And I think I really like, I just got that this morning or last night. One of the things that the changes that we're, we've been, so we've been talking as a team now, the, the Coach's Journey team, the six of us, um, plus the people that, 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 that work on the show, but the six of us have been talking about uh, this for a couple of months now. We first had email discussions over the summer um, and we've had various meetings to kind of get this moving. And we'll talk about where we're up to with all that over the course of the show. Since we started doing that, I feel like I'm on purpose with the coach's journey again. And that was not true. And this is like probably the the number one most important reason that something had to change with the show was that it wasn't feeling how it felt when it first started, which I think was, you know, and this is this is really useful reflection for me because I find that question that Robert's asking, when are you on purpose? Actually really hard to answer. Um, it's why I need to be part of Purpose Club and why I need to be continually asking that question. You know, you kind of he, he's really good at inviting us to have a living question to to sit with and um i don't know what you know purpose means i don't know what being on it means for me so but this is this is a great insight right the coach's journey podcast was on purpose for me absolutely it was uh the edge of my comfort zone or beyond it it was full of new things um it was really creative until all those those three things which i think are actually part of that's kind of the answers i have already about when am i on purpose until they all stopped being as true um, and that's when I first started thinking about this. So what I'm going to do now, um, everybody, is I'm going to I'm going to tell a little bit of a story of how this change came about from my point of view. Um, your your new friends, Joey, Neil, Alex, Alex, and Ruth, um, are going to jump in. Maybe if they have questions or reflections on that, um, you'll get to know them in ways that we'll explain shortly over the next year in a, in a great way, which I'm I'm really excited about. And so the reason, but the so the reason this happens, <laughs> actually, one more thing. I was slowing down. You know, I've been thinking about um, over these last this last year or so about you know what do I do? Uh, you know, what's the zone of genius? What what are the things that I do? I've been trying to come back to that as I think about the next phase of my work, and I, I keep coming back to one of those. First, the kind of the, the, in fact, the first when I always tell this story, the the what would you call it? Like the first shoot of the coach's journey was um, uh, someone cancelling on me in about 2017 and me having made a decision from my coaching to when people cancelled on me, instead of just getting uh, pissed off and upset and feeling like it was a judgment on me, I would do something cool. So I wouldn't go to my emails. It would be a treat. I would treat myself to action that was cool. And what I did when this uh, very delightful client cancelled on me to stop myself getting upset was I wrote an article about how I'd gone full-time in coaching. And that article, which we'll probably release as a podcast episode next year, um, I might come back to that later in the show, why that, why that is, um, still is my most uh, most read article and it, it about how to, I became a full-time coach and I gave it a clickbaity title less than two years after starting my training. Um, and that, uh, that sparked this whole thing. And I often think back to that as, a, as uh, in, in Gay Hendrix's um, zone of genius questions. One of the questions is, what in your work creates the highest ratio of satisfaction and abundance to time spent? I'm just going to give that again. 
what what in your work creates the highest ratio of satisfaction and abundance to time spent? If you can get answers to that question, and then you just do those things as much as possible, um, you know that's that's life in some ways. And that article was one of the things that really came up for me. It's like wow, that was like two hours. By the time I was asking those questions, it had already created two or three clients, so thousands of pounds. Like and all these conversations that have come out of it, loads of followers on LinkedIn and in other places. So it was, it was a real move like that. And so one of the games is try and try and repeat that. And so the reason that I'm going to tell the story of how this shift came about today, and I want that to be part of this conversation, is to try and do that thing again, because there's something about describing the process of how things have happened that sometimes for people, when I do that, I think when anyone does it, um, but when I do that, it sparks things for people. So that was a long setup. By the way, I was just saying to the team before we, listeners, but I was saying to the team before we switched on, I'm so glad they're here today because um, the most exhausting, not not by no means the worst, and in lots of ways, some of my favorite episodes of the show have been the ones that I've done by myself. Trying to create, you know, accidentally in some of them, a 90-minute, two-hour podcast show by yourself, just like so tiring. So even just having nice faces on a Zoom call um, to look at while I'm talking is a real relief. Um but uh, but yeah, so, okay, let me slow it down. So I started to feel off purpose is I think how I would talk about it now last year in, in 2022 about the show. And like the most clear, um, the time I really remember that I was talking to Steve, another part of the team who writes m- almost all the copy for the show now. Like, is it okay for me to just repost other podcasts I've been on for a couple of months? And he was like, yeah, because you need a rest. And you can tell the audience that. And I'm pretty sure I did in those, those intros for a couple of episodes in summer 2022. So stuff was up then. And the things that were up, you know, were a mixture of things. Like I was definitely starting to have less energy around the interviews. That was one of the things. I would find myself not in the interviews. This is a really interesting distinction. And one of the things that kept me in this loop for a while was when doing the interviews, I would feel amazing. Like by the end of it, it would feel beautiful. I would be like, so, um, so grateful to have done it. I would feel like I'd been again in the zone of genius in those wonderful, um, those wonderful feelings that you can have when you're in presence and connection with somebody for a long time. But in the buildup, I would kind of resent that they were there. They're long. It was like a lot of time when I could have been on other things. So there's a signal here, right? Um, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to trust that signal. We don't have to look forward to everything, but I know what resistance feels for me. And it didn't feel like resistance. It felt like genuinely there's something off here. And then what I do, and I talked about this when I talked about creating the coach's journey community in, in that podcast episode, which just feels like a long time ago now. It's like podcast number episode number 18 or something like that. Whereas it feels to me that the community is new in the life of the coach's journey. It's really not. Um, and you know, I, I talked about that a bit in that. What I find when I'm creating a new idea in my business is often what happens is I try and solve, I sit with a problem and I try and solve it. And I come up with a bunch of solutions and none of them solve it. And then I find a new solution which solves not just that problem, but a bunch of other secondary problems that I've had in mind all at once. So for example, with this show, the first obvious thing I could do would be just stop doing the show. Like that's okay. And I did think about that quite a bit. And then I thought about the coaching industry and I thought about the other coaching podcasts. And at one point I got, I think when I spoke to Phil Goddard, right, who has one of the other, probably the the longest, certainly the other, the longest UK based 
coaching podcast that I know of. Um, certainly the one that's most similar to this, you know, a bit different. I, I don't know, like the barefoot or animus ones might have been longer, but they're a little different because they're, you know, based out of a coaching school and probably created by those coaching schools essentially as a marketing thing, um, as well as as well as other things. Whereas Phil's podcast, like this one, felt like a creative piece of work as well as a piece of service for the coaching industry. Um, I remember talking to Phil about that and I made a joke that I think he didn't really laugh at. And it was the first thing we'd done on the show together. And I wondered if it was going to be a slightly hellish conversation about the fact that during the pandemic, like everyone was taking up, taking over our, mine and Phil's Phil's podcasting space. Um, I think it was the fact that I might have referenced the fact that we were both um, men with very little hair that he didn't, well, maybe that was, it was too soon in our relationship for me to do that. But um but so there were loads of podcasts created over the pandemic. We went from having almost no podcasts about coaching to like like millions. And there are some great looking ones. I have to say I don't listen to many. Um, but like the the uh the Association for Coaching um has some great podcasting. People should check that out. I know Maxine who's who does work on that pretty well. And I I was part I did an episode last year with a guy called Rob Lawrence on marketing coaching in a series they did. They do some good stuff. Actually, Coaches Rising may have been around longer than than Phil's show as well. I guess that's another longstanding one that I'm aware of. There are there are more in the US. Um, but when I slowed down, thinking about should the show stop, um, it didn't feel right to me. It didn't feel like I think if somebody else had been doing exactly this and had been doing it better, I would have might, would have stopped then. But there isn't anybody doing this, and all the people that are aren't doing it better. Was my take, and I. Since having that take, well, actually, that's not true. Since we started doing this, since we started moving to, to Coach's Journey 2.0, that has felt stronger and stronger, that, that, that that's the case, that this is, a, this is a better move. The other problems, though, I had is like, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it well. And from having done quite a lot of learning about podcasting, pretty obvious to me is that the way to grow a podcast is to, the, the number one easiest way to grow a podcast is to make it more regular. And um, I knew that I couldn't do that because of all the reasons I mentioned at the start of the show. And so I had another idea. I could I could give the show... Another thing I had was like, if I'm not going to stop it and I can't make it more regular, I could give it to somebody. And that didn't feel right either. Like I thought about the people it could be over the last... Probably longer than that, actually. Like maybe over the last two years, I've thought about some people and thought, well, I could give it to her. I could give it to him. And again, it just didn't... It didn't really feel right to me. Like there was something missing from that solution. And I guess what I'm doing is I'm listening to what... What people might call different people call it this, you know, a full body. Yes, I'm listening for like what is the actual, the actual way forward, the strong intuition here. Um, other things, other problems, the secondary problems that I was noticing. Like I have loads of ideas for the coach's journey, things I could do, things I could make, and they never get done because I don't have any more time to, with integrity, give to this part of my business whilst doing what I've been doing on the show. Like I have time for that, and and more doesn't feel right. Um, and then the last thing would was that the last part of this puzzle is the the podcast does enable the coach's journey community. And probably what we'll do in a little while in this show, we'll see where we get in this episode, we'll see where we get to is talk a bit about the evolution of, of the coach's journey. Um, but one of the things was one of the reasons the podcast started wasn't pure marketing. You know, I kind of believe we uh, made this distinction um, on a community call before. Between, I, I believe if you're going to do something, even if you're doing it for a goal, that it has to become soul work. So the podcast was soul work for me. It was purpose work. I did know, though, that if I did this, it could be the marketing for the work I do with coaches. Um, 
And I, the community has become really, really important to me and, and, and parts of my work that I really do look forward to that, that do hold that on purpose feel in, in all that way. And I guess the last the last part of this, what I didn't say is, you know, a big part of why it's important to me that the show doesn't stop is because I really believe that the world needs more coaches doing thriving work. And to do thriving work, they have to have businesses that work. And to have businesses that work, they have to know how other people make it work. And the, the market just isn't served enough authentically um, with integrity in that space. We all know any coach who's listening knows that it is served impossible, is overserved in that space, but not by useful, honest, uh, true, you know, ways to actually make this thing work. Um, and it's probably worth saying again, because I've said this before, but but probably not on the show or not for a while. You know, when I talk about my work these days, I, I talk about the three parts of it: the creativity part, that's about the twelve-minute method; the leadership part, that that probably is going to be my focus for what I'm creating in next year, and that is partly enabled by this, um, and partly uh, it's about coaching. And the reason that it's still about coaching after all this time, after lots of second guessing, as you can hear, it's like, is coaching the right place for me to be doing this work? Is that just a bit pyramid schemey? Like, what is going on? Why do I do this? You know, it's because every time I slow down to think about how do we actually make the world a better place, I know that coaching is a part of that. And we need essentially an army of coaches, but not not mechanized coaches. You know, I just, I've just recorded um, the last episode of the show before this one is an interview with, with Claire Pedrick and Lucia Baldelli. Uh, their book, their new book is The Human Behind the Coach. And, um, you know, there's some nice bits in it that it feels like they, with integrity, can say that thing that you hear lots of people saying, which is, you know, some bits of coaching can be done by AI. So let's do the bits that can't, right? Which is about the humanity. And and we, we need coaches that can do that. And that's a part of what this show helps people do, or at least that's the intention behind it. And we've had some really, this team has had some really lovely conversations about what makes the show the show, which has really emphasized that to me. So I had all these problems to solve and I was sitting with them. And then what, what's happened since I've become a dad, where a bunch of my time is spent in a dark room with a small girl trying to get her to sleep. Um, that's where I have my ideas. So that's where my subconscious kicks in like a lot of the time. So it's like, it's the new showering or running for me, right? It's like, set set your mind on the problem. Um, I talked about this in a in a 12-minute blog post recently. It's from, I, uh, Adam Grant wrote about it in Originals. I can't remember if it's his work or somebody else's. A, a really powerful technique is to set your mind on a problem. Do some of the work on it and then stop and let the subconscious for days or weeks do its work because it will come up with the ideas and then they'll come back. I think this is why I, maybe Adam Grant says this in originals. I can't remember, or maybe it was a clever idea I had. I Then they come back when you're having a shower, when you're out for running, when I'm trying to get Leah to sleep. One day when I was trying to get Leah to sleep, I just thought, oh yeah, give giving it to one person is not right. Stopping it is not right. But what about inviting some people to join me in hosting the show? And then I was able to sit with that and see how it would solve all those problems, how it might, it would, it would release me, release the pressure. I didn't know that it would, um, I didn't know it would shift my energy so much, but I knew it would practically release the pressure. It would enable us to go fortnightly without me having to work like a day a week or two days a week on the coach's journey, which just doesn't, it feels off purpose to me. Um, 
And it would also solve a couple of other problems actually that I haven't mentioned. So I'd had a few bits of feedback, <laughs> completely accurate feedback, which is that the podcast become slightly different in the last year or two years. And that's because I'm interested in different things now. So it's much less, in the nicest possible way, it's much less interesting for me to sit down and um, ask somebody about the detail of their journey and how they built their business than it used to be, because I've done it a lot. And what I get interested in now is, you know, my favorite episodes of the last couple of years, I haven't looked at the thing, but it's probably Jennifer Garvey Berger, because I got to get into these amazing ideas with this woman that I think is just an absolute genius. And um, th that is one of my most exciting episodes of the last couple of years. And yet it, it was really different. It's more like a, you know, I've often said this is the Tim Ferriss show, but but for coaches, but it is more like a modern Tim Ferriss show episode where he's like just talking to somebody about an, an idea that he likes than it is like an original Tim Ferriss show episode, which is where the journey and the, the digging in is really important. Alex Swallow. Just wanted to ask Robbie, I'm really, I'm really curious about intuition. And I just think for the audience, like, did you, once you came to that realization, was it? as you were looking after Leah and trying to get her to sleep, was it a, a flash of inspiration? And you were sure that that was the right thing. You had an embodied sense that was right. Um, or was it something that you kind of thought, oh, that's an idea. And it was when you prodded and poked at it a bit with your mind that you then determined that was the interesting way to go. Yeah, I, I yeah. would just love to know. It's such a great question. And I'm laughing because it involves my psychology showing up in like its classic way. So um, it was absolute, it was, it was inspiration. I, on on the most level, I knew it solved all the problems. It was the way forward. But the way that's the, the way I work, the way I have to wrestle with myself, means that it was then I don't know. I mean, not not a long time, but 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 months before I emailed you all, which is what moved this. So, um, so that but that's how I mostly am, right? Like, and it's probably it's good to still say that because um, it doesn't always look that from the outside. You don't know what's going on, but no, like. I, a, an area of growth for me would be to trust those moments more and move faster on them. Um, I don't think I needed to move fast on faster on this one. Like um, I kind of hinted at that this on episodes of the show before, and and, and you five know a lot of the detail of this. But it's been a kind of really really weird year for me, um, and uh, personally, and so with with some death and the birth and all these kind of things. And so it was like to, to, rushing it wasn't the right thing, and the timing of it was perfect, and all that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, so just to catch that thing I was just saying, the other thing that had been happening was that the feedback, you know, the feedback was it's a it's becoming a different show. And whilst me interviewing Jennifer is, I think, a very, very cool episode for anybody who wants to listen to it, it's not quite the same thing as, as the, the real what makes the show the show. And having other people in with new perspectives at different stages in their coaching journeys, in whatever way that is, um, that feels to me like it solves that problem. It, it gets the show back to what makes the show the show. Um, and we get to, um, yeah, we get to, we get to really live into what is this thing, not what is my podcast, right? Which is a, essentially a different thing. It's interesting, actually. So I was listening back to my first interview with Claire Pedrick the other day, where she tells a story of why it's, her company is called 3D Coaching. And it was her dad basically gave her this, um, this, he said this, I think he said, don't call it, she was going to call it Claire Pedrick coaching. Um, so actually, actually I had this insight on the way on today. So let's share this because I think this is good for coaches. Um, this is what you should call your company, right? Everybody, you should call it your name, right? Your website should just be, this is for all coaches. It should just be your name, right? Unless you have a common name, in which case it should be your name and then coaching, 
so that if people Google Robbie Swale, they're just going to find me, right? There's no other Robbie Swales. It, uh, my wife used to be called Emma Smith. She should have, if she had a coaching business before she got married, she should have called it Emma Smith Coaching. She gets an absurd number of emails on her Gmail for other Emma Smiths. Has to like email them back saying, "Please don't take away this person's um, <laughs> this person's home because of their student loan repayments." You've been emailing someone in England, not Canada. That kind of thing all the time. Um, so if your name is common, you should call your business um, that name and then Coaching, and that should be your website. And only if you think one day like Claire, that you might want your business to live on without you, should you give it a name that is not your name. And I didn't know that when I started this, but it's obvious to me that that is why it's good that this is called The Coach's Journey. Because if it was called The Robbie Swale Podcast, well, some of these problems wouldn't have existed because I could have happily gone off on a massive adult development tangent with Jennifer without without it mattering in the show. And that's why... that's why it's good that Ferris called it the Tim Ferriss show and lots of people call their um their podcast after them. But this isn't that. And we want this thing to live on and go to somewhere new. And by having you all on board, that helps, right? Like it because you will all bring your own energy to those conversations in your own way. Um, it relies much less on my filter of reality of the reality of coaching, because we've got uh, five other perspectives on that. Um, it will spread the net of who knows about the show, but also who comes on a show, which is really important because, you know, for me to make, for all the reasons we've just been talking about, for me to make this sustainable, I have to be following my interest, right? I have to be speaking to the people that I'm most interested to speak to, but that is, that does involve my filter of reality and coaching. And it'll be a much more, uh, a show much more fit for the complexity and diversity of the coaching industry by having the, the five of you, the five of you here. And so, um, I think that is, let me just check my notes of, of sort. Um, I think that is basically how we got here. And then I'm going to say a tiny bit about what's going to happen next for everybody. And then I'm going to, uh, and then we'll see what we get to. So what happens next is I, well, maybe it's worth saying a little bit about why you five ended up here. So it's interesting, actually, because I slowed down with then who do I, who do I know? Like, who would my 10 out of 10 people for this be? And that was when I had this insight about the Coach's Journey community, which in some ways now, accidentally, we might get, we might get to in the show, we'll see how interesting it is to do that, the, this episode, the, the story of how it came about. But in some ways now, that is for me the best bit of the Coach's Journey. And I didn't know that because it was partly designed as if you listen back to episode 18, um, where I talk about it, it was partly designed because we were having Leah at the time when I normally launched a group coaching program and I couldn't do it. And so I, you know, now is the time to solve a bunch of problems and, and create something new. But I love that. I love how it's structured. I love the calls. I love the people that come and go. And in a way, what I didn't realize until we were doing this, so this is part of the inspiration This came after, this is some of that, to get to your question again, Alex, like I realized that this would enable me to bring some of what's special about the Coach's Journey community into the podcast. So what I, what I sat down and thought about basically was who were the people that I trust with this baby that I have created? Um, who, do, you know, who are the people that really understand me Either by, you know, in, well, in fact, in all your cases, by being members of the community, by working with me and knowing me in in some different ways, in some cases, and know what's special about the community, having been at different times and in different ways, long-term members. And who knows the show? Who do I know who has really listened 
um, to the show and appreciated it, who, who it's been part of their journey and who do I think would be great. And then what was interesting is my resistance. Like, so this is, so during this time between the insight and emailing you all, my resistance of course showed up and I was, I was doing um, a workshop with a colleague of mine called Amaya Pellegrin, amazing woman. It was, I'm very great. So Amaya has, an, she doesn't really know this, although I'll tell her I'm seeing her next, next month. Um, she has an, had an important part to play in this. So she was running an idea development session for some of the most exciting researchers at the University of Edinburgh. And it was a framework. And you know, whenever I'm not facilitating something, whenever I'm facilitating something, I try and do the exercising exercises I'm asking of people ahead of time. And whenever I'm not facilitating something, but I'm in the room, I try and do the exercises because they're usually useful. And the idea development canvas was really useful for this. And I plotted it out. Um, and the idea there is if you that you you run through a canvas and you can go, if you Google idea development canvas, I'm pretty sure this is an open source one. You'll find one like this. It takes you to the next stage of developing an idea. So that's the idea. You might slow down. And instead of thinking, how do I get to the end of the idea? You think, how do I get to the next stage? What's the next stage of development? And I was kind of particularly umming and ahhing about how do I know if I've chosen the right people or if I have like accidentally excluded somebody that I should be inviting? Um, and Amaya said, well, like you don't, you don't worry about that because you're just, this is the first experiment of this and we'll, you'll see how it goes. And then you'll make some changes after that. And so that is the th an important thing to say about this episode, but also about the next year of the show. It's going to be an experiment. We've got no idea how it's going to go. Um, what we're going to do is each of these people that you're going to meet a little bit more today um, are going to interview at least three guests over the next year. But also before that, so that you can get to know them, I'm going to interview each of them. Um, so though that's another episode, more episodes that you've got to look forward to. So that's why we're not going to do exact, you know, a great detail of who everybody is in this call. Um, but we are going to do a little bit more of, 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 uh, of who everybody is in a few minutes. And already what I can feel, like I've said, is my energy has shifted around the show. Um, lots more, I think interesting stuff will happen. There's other things that I've been working on, um, as part of this process. It's been interesting for me to slow down on, um, the coaching work that I've been doing this year. So Miles Downey's been my coach this year. Some people will remember him from the interview I did with him. And one of the exercises he did with me was, you know, it's a cool exercise, essentially a visualization exercise with some question prompts. And the the rule is <laughs> such a great thing. He said it to me and then I really felt it. The rule is you have to tell me the first picture, image that comes to mind when I ask this question. So you look, you listen for an image, you have to tell the first one. And you have, this is so if you, if you want to do this with clients, everybody, it's a cool thing to do, but you have to give them this briefing because well, you have to tell the first one, even though you'll probably think it's it's wrong or it's rubbish. And I did that with all of them. And I'm not going to tell all of them now, but one of them, the, the question was, where are you going? Something like that. And the image that came to mind was um, the field out, out here that I can see, actually, but not as it is. Instead, with um, hundreds and hundreds of young trees in plastic tree guards. And so that, for me, is is a picture of of my work, right? It's to, it's to grow some trees with tree guards to the point where they can grow on without me at the moment when I'm no longer around. And that's part of what this is for me, where we're creating now. We're doing the first stage of that. Can the coach's journey, you know, grow into something that can survive by itself? Um, and we're doing some tree guard stuff for that at the moment. Um, and we'll see a few more changes probably 
um, in the first few months of next year with some extra things that'll go on the website and some tweaks to the community and the membership and the supporters and how that works. Um, but that essentially, I think, tells us the story of how we got here and what we're going to do. So then there's two questions for the team that are here. One, is there anything obvious that I've forgotten? And then it'd be lovely to hear, you know, a reflection from each of you on, on the story of how we got this far, what it's, you know, what you noticed from your side of it, or something that you noticed from the way that I told the story now or another time. Who who wants to jump in first? Alex. I think I think one of the things for me, I love the I love the idea of the trees, first of all, like those young trees and that protective plastic. And and I think we could um we could stretch that in so many ways, but I feel like I'm one of those trees and everybody who listens to the, this podcast is one of those trees. And I think that's one of the beauties of what you've really created here, Robbie, is that what I like about the coach's journey and the coach's journey community is it really feels like something that you can um, dip into and out of as, as much as you want and as much as works for you. And that can be at different stages of your journey. Um, so for example, for me, um, I've known you for a while since before you were a coach and I was following the podcast and learning about coaching when I was deciding to become a coach and then I became a member of the community when I was more seriously going into coaching taking my next steps going through my training etc and so I think one of the things that is really will be really nice about having us on the show is kind of um, an exploration or an explanation of what it's like to be part of that community from our perspective. Because for me, when I was writing down what the community meant for me, I was thinking it could be a whole podcast on its own because it's got so many different facets to it. And the simplest one for me is that before I joined the coaching um, sector and before I joined your community in particular, um, I didn't really think of myself as a group's person. Um, I can be a lone wolf in many ways. And this group and subsequent other groups I found in in the coaching in the coaching community um, have made me feel quite differently about that. And I, I think that's a pretty high recommendation for what you've created. And it also gives people perhaps some insights about, you know, a lot of us are working as, as freelancers or in small groups. It gives a bit of insight about why that might be important to people working in the way that we're working. And so from my perspective, being able to share that a little bit with other people who are less familiar with your work is, is a real joy. And so it's wonderful to be involved. Yeah, thanks, Alex. And actually, let's maybe do a thing we were talking about doing before uh, before the podcast. Let's maybe do it now, actually. I think actually, because the way you did that then, Alex, was just really nice. Um, so we, uh, we're we we're going to use, everybody, the, the question... <laughs> We're going to use the question that we always use on the show to start this. Oh, no, we're not. Um, I was laughing to myself because um, that is a, a callback that only people who went to settle high school in North Yorkshire between the years like 1970 and 2005 will get. Because that is a thing that John Ketchell, legendary teacher who like taught my friend Victoria's mum and Victoria, used to do all the time. He would be teaching maths and he would go, today we're going to talk about, oh, no, we're not. And once he even in an assembly, he started the assembly that he was delivering saying, um, saying today we're going to talk about blt and my friend dean leaned over straight away he got it he was like oh no we're not and then ketchell said oh no we're not we're going to talk about lbt 
leatherback turtles. And then he went on this amazing uh 15 minute environmental crusade about how we shouldn't buy swordfish from booths, which is the posh Northwest supermarket, because when you buy swordfish from booths, you're essentially killing dolphins. So this is why we love the Coach's Journey podcast, because we get enough catch-all stories. Now we do anyway. Um, so I think what we'll do, we're, we're going to re, we're going to not use, uh, we're going to not use, where did you first come to coaching? We're going to use, where did you first come to the Coach's Journey? Because a really important part of this for me, which is present in, um, is present in what I said about why I chose these people. And I should say also that I did reach out to the rest of, so the only people that know about this really before the, before the, um, this episode comes, comes out is the members and supporters of the Coach's Journey podcast. I did say to them in the video, like if anybody on that, in that group really felt like they wanted to be part of this and aren't, um, then, uh, let me know. So I have like done some due diligence there to make sure that, that I'm not excluding people too much, albeit we do sometimes have to, we can't have everybody and everything. And for me, one of the reasons that I chose these five people is I really trust them, um, to help me grow this thing into something new. Uh, slightly lost my thread there. So let's go straight to the question. <laughs> ah, no, I've, I've remembered. So the, um, one of the things that's really important that, that we all want from this episode is for you to understand who's going to take this thing on. That as a listener, especially the people that listen all the time, you know, I, first of all, don't worry, I'm not going to disappear. This is, I'm sure this is going to, when I am interviewing people, it's already happening. It's going to, it's going to bring much more energy to my interviews that I do. Plus I've got, essentially, I think what will happen is I'll have energy and time to work on other more interesting things than me interviewing people um for you and me but it's really important that we that we understand like who, who are these people and one of the things that i think makes it special is they're people for whom this show and the community means a lot in different ways as as alex just explained um so i'm going to come to you all um yeah in a in a sec to ask you where did you first come to the coach's journey and podcast you can also answer the question that i asked a little while ago about what have you noticed from from the story and the, and the call so far? But I guess the, the 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 other thing that comes to mind, the thing that's exciting for me about bringing people on that I haven't mentioned, is we're doing something new. As far as I know, in the podcasting space, like we're trying to work out. You know, a lot of the time, what happens when a host runs out of energy for a podcast is the podcast stops. That's why there are like, you know, if there are three point two million podcasts in the world, which I think is what about how many there are. Like that's why three point three million of them don't run anymore. You know, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know if that's the actual accurate stat, but I would guess it's something of that order. At least two million of them don't don't run, is because when someone runs out of energy, they stop. Um, and we're trying to do something new. Like it'll be interesting when if Tim Ferriss decides to retire or Brene Brown decides to stop her podcast, what will they do? Will those things just cease to exist? You know, if um, yeah, if Glennon Doyle doesn't want to do, we can do hard things. It's called we can do hard things. Maybe she can hand it over to her. Uh, you know, a colleague or a daughter or whatever it is, but we'll we'll find that out, right? When she wants to stop doing that, and we're finding out a little bit though, doing some some um, doing some innovation here, and that's really exciting for me. Um, and just just to loop back, interesting for me, like another. I'm going to ask you actually ask you guys that question in a minute. Um, another piece of insight I've had about myself is that the most enjoyable successes for me, which we might some part of on purpose, is always starting things. So in a way, if you, a really cool Robert Holden exercise to do is look back at your last year. What were the most enjoyable successes? What were the most meaningful successes? And make those two lists and get at least 10 of each. 
and then compare those things. And the lists will have some overlap, but way less overlap than I expected when I, when I did that exercise. And the enjoyable ones, the meaningful ones had a lot of like pushing through, completing things, um, doing hard bits. The enjoyable ones were all new things. So that really, it really appeals to me that we're doing something new here. So Alex, is, before we go to the others, is, is there anything else you want to add to that question, to, to answer that question about where you came to, where you first heard about the coach's journey, the coach's journey? I think I think the only thing would be to say that, um, and I I imagine this is true of very much true of the audience is that we we all come to coaching from very different places, like we're all from very different backgrounds. So, you know, I I first met you, Robbie, when we were sort of connected to the social sector, working for charities and charitable organisations. And so, I think for me, a, a big part of any coach's journey and the coach journey community for me was just learning that people do come from different different backgrounds you know and I I don't mind showing this that when I first came on a community call the thing that I was wrestling with was really you know will everybody be at a much higher level than me will everybody be a lot more developed they've done their training and what what I was thinking about that is would I be able to show up in a way that gave value to other people um I was sure that I was going to get the value that was never a question in my head and so for me, I just think I'd like that to come across to people, you know, like through the community, I've got to know all the wonderful human beings on this call um, and all the amazing backgrounds they come from and the things that they then bring to their coaching through those backgrounds. Um, and also, I, I just the final thing I wanted to say is just that one of the joys of doing this is having more time to spend with all the people on this call, you know, that creating something new together learning from each other, doing it in partnership is, is just beautiful. And I really hope that will come across in the things that, that we create. Yeah, lovely. And, and is this right, Alex? Like, I think you kind of hinted at this, and I remember this, um, that, that you, did, was it just through our connection on on LinkedIn or wherever that you came across the podcast originally? Because you listened to the podcast before you were really thinking about coaching and and joined the community at about that same time, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was just because we were connected and I liked your work and I started to follow the podcast. Maybe there was sort of a germ of an idea that I wanted to get into coaching in some way. But also for me, genuinely, and I think I told you this at the time, one of the reasons why I wanted to join the community was because I really didn't want the podcast to end. So by being a member, for me, there was two tracks. I could have just supported it um, as a supporter, which is one option. Um, to support it or I could have got involved in the way that I did but I remember a consideration for me aside from the personal stuff of being in the community was I was getting so much from the podcast as the podcast but I thought if this community does well hopefully Robbie's going to keep the podcast going which is in the same way now that we're all doing this the fact that you're keeping the podcast going is something that I'm very happy to contribute to because I think it's important and it continues to help me. Yeah, and I think I've kind of told the story today. It feels true that that if the community had petered out at some point in the last, so the community started, I think in late twenty twenty, no, late twenty nineteen, it must have been. So we had the podcast start in eighteen, then no, late twenty twenty. Podcast started in nineteen. Mm, we'd have to check that because Leah was born in twenty twenty, so the community must have started in twenty nineteen. Neil, you're going to fact check me. November twenty nineteen, first episode. First episode, okay. So the right, mm, okay. <laughs> so funny, my memory. Who cares? Let's carry on with the story. Um, uh, so I, yeah, I'm just trying to do sums in my head about paternity leave and, and that kind of thing. They must have 
yeah interesting so the the community came came oh i've forgotten where my daughter's born uh she was born in late 2020 so that's why uh so yeah the podcast started in 19 the community started in 2020 um and in a way if the if the podcast if the community had petered out over that time i suspect that when i'd been sitting with what happens to the podcast i might well have said actually that you know maybe there isn't the appetite for the things i'm creating and doing with coaches then there's permission from the universe in that way to say, okay, there's space for something different, but that is not what's happened. And thanks for that. And and to everybody who's supported the show financially. And like I said before, by sharing um, over the years, Joey, I'm curious, when did you come across this thing, the coach's journey? Yeah. Well, I had an inkling this question might come up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I was um, walking and thinking and um, I realised I don't entirely know. And I thought, well, I can say that because we all said when you asked us what this thing, the coach's journey is, I think we all came up with either truthfulness, honesty or integrity as one of our words. And um, I think it might have been through um, an organisation called Insight Seminars. I knew some of the assistants on there. I did some assisting. I met, I don't think he'd mind me saying his name, some, um, uh, one of the assistants called Ben Carter, who's quite heavily involved with them and knows you, Robbie, and knows Katie Harvey. And I was quite new to coaching and I was looking for a supervisor and he put your two names forward. And then I got in touch with you, Robbie, and through the gift of the hour and a half coaching session that you do I think at some point in there you mentioned that you had a podcast and if I'm really honest guys I didn't know what a podcast was so I didn't really think much of it and I know for sure that it was at least a year because I'd moved house and it was a year in between the session and when I first listened I remember exactly where I was listening to the first episode with Katie who I'd also been in touch with so there was this lovely thing of listening to the two of you who I was just starting to get to know and um that's how I first came across it kind of I think yeah yeah um yeah I'm sure Ben won't mind won't mind that I mean there's actually a picture of Ben on the website because he was a part of one of the the coaches journey um group coaching programs and I grabbed a screen grab of, of them once um, and actually, I had to Photoshop. It turns out having a, sc a screen grab of a Zoom coaching call where people don't know you're doing it is quite hard to have not somebody looking weird. So actually, I Photoshop a different bit of Ben on because I had a really good shot of everybody else, but you know, Ben was doing a listening face or something. And so, um, but yeah, Ben's on there, and um, a great coach, lovely guy, and um, yeah, he was definitely how we originally connected, wasn't he? Which, which oh, is, yeah, which is he's nice. a great connector. And then we, and then we get a bit of a sense of how this this business works, right? Because there's a there's a move, a bit like Alex said, there's a connect move where we somehow meet, and then there's a then there's in my case, sometimes it doesn't have to be. This is not this is not everything for sure, but but sometimes there's some content created, which is how you get to know me more. And then sometimes there's or sometimes there's an invitation. We did some coaching, as you said, Joey, um, and we'll get into this more, I'm sure, when we. Um, when we do our when when we do a interview you for the show um but yeah you get and then at some point you get these deeper connections like through the community or now Bobby I wanted to say I don't think you've yet explained to listeners that you'll be doing a one-to-one -one, unless I missed it I did say it I'm pretty sure I said it 
but we yeah. will we'll do a one-to-one -one with each of you um at different time at some point during the next year so that basically everybody before you you listen to let's say alex or joey interviewing somebody you'll you'll have the opportunity if you want to have to listen to me interviewing them for an hour and a half two hours and um and that's a way to get to know them but also to pull out um some of the insights and the different um the different things that they that they know and that they've learned in their coaching journey so far and it's been a, it was a, you know we've, i've only done one of them so far with with alex but it's been to even to just think about that and and to prepare for them it's very exciting because it reminds me just what an amazing group of people are on this call and so i'm so, so excited to get to introduce you all um you all to more people um joey is there anything else from the conversation so far that you want to you want to say before before we hear from somebody else i love the idea of being part of creating something new with all of you and and you said something about a net which just reminded me of, of kind of why doing the net and it just reminded me of a concept i've learned about recently uh which is indra's net I don't know if it's Hindu or Buddhist, but it's I imagine it like a beautiful spider's web with like the dewdrops on each of the the joins. And it's a bit like I think the community that that's been created by all of us over this time and led by you, Robbie. But that it's like each of us are playing our little part. And if you slightly knock a jewel on Indra's net or the dew on a spider's web, all the others inevitably shine and sparkle and send off their sparks of light everywhere. And it's a bit like oh, we're all even more now connecting and widening this net of everybody who listens, who's part of the community, who's part of this thing we call coaching, and maybe even further. And I really, yeah, I love it. I love that I've been asked to be part of this and I love working with you all. And I'm hoping that that net's going to like really wobble and sparkle and shine. And it's quite exciting. <laughs> so lovely. Me too. Alex? Sorry, Joe, I just had to say, I want to say this anyway. As soon as you start speaking, you had a rainbow on your hair. At <laughs> least that's what I see on my screen. Yeah, if, any, if anyone's watching on video, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, so sorry, yeah, I, I was thinking, not uh, people would be listening would know, but literally I'd seen that before, but it was on Joey, and then when she was talking about this beautiful and it would affect, and it was literally on your hair. So I just had to, I thought that was beautifully serendipitous, Joey. So thanks for that image. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Neil, how about you? Where did you first come across the coach's journey? And or if you want to go first, what's something that you've noticed or want to pull out from the from the call so far? So I'm going reverse order. The thing I've noticed about the call is the familiar warmth of being amongst this group and the um like the symbiosis of what aspects of the podcast offer in terms of authenticity, realness, connection, access to interesting things and people and discussions and how that happens in the community. So reconnecting to that, um, which has been, again, for me, one of the lovely parts about us getting together a few times in preparation for what, what we're doing with the podcast. And part of the reason I answer the second question first is because I'm still trying to connect to when I first heard about the coach's journey, because there's a variety of different ways it could have been, and I'm not certain which one it was. My sense is that it was accidental in my search for interesting things to listen to 
as relates to coaching, as I was beginning to spend more time in thinking about coaching, in working in a coaching space, um, I really invested a lot of resource in what's the stuff I can listen to. I'm, I wouldn't say obsessed with podcasts, but there was a long period. Um, I had a, a lot of time uh, I spent listening to podcasts and find it an enormously powerful way of learning about stuff. And so although I already knew you before you started the podcast, I think it may have been accidental. And then I reconnected to it in different ways when we began talking uh, more consistently a few years ago. Um, so yeah, I think it was literally typing in podcasts about coaching, so on and so forth, and and beginning to explore that world, beginning to bump into the podcasts that many of the training providers have, bumping into this coaching life by Phil Goddard, some of the ones that are um, based in the US, and exploring what I connected to and what was meaningful and um, had real, genuine depth and value. Um, yeah. So just because my memory, uh, again, we might talk about this more when 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 we do a one to one interview with you. My memory is we were originally connected by a woman called Claire Antrobus, who is one of these many people from the history of the coach's journey who is nearly on the show and and hasn't been um, for probably boring diary or email reasons or, or something I can't quite remember. Um, and we spoke before you'd done any coaching training. Is that right? But then do you, do you really think that was what it was? Like that, that you then were just searching for coaching stuff and you found it and then you were like, oh, this is that guy. You know, is that what it was? Yeah, I think it was. And and it so Claire had delivered a coach training that I participated in. And um, yes, she connected or she she told me about you and said, here's a guy who's doing a lot of writing around um, the process and practice of building a coaching business. I think you might find it interesting. Here's his website. Check it out. He's also lovely, and I'm sure we'd be up for having a chat if you wanted to. Um, and so I, I had done some training. And yeah, we'd had a couple of conversations. And I think it was before you'd started the podcast. And so you were kind of in my orbit i guess um but i do think it was um it was accidental the other thing that occurs as you say that is it might also be perhaps via a youtube video or something where you mentioned the podcast there's sort of a variety of different ways there's not a crystal clear um route in yeah. I mean, one of the things that's interesting for me in this moment that we're kind of getting is a flavor of like how does this how does creating something like this play into your connections with other people um because it's like yeah because it's 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 present in in all three so far and i think it's going to be a little different for maybe alex like that our story alex Witten, is a little different but i think ruth will be similar in some ways like it's interesting that that it 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 wasn't the reason 
for Joey, Alex Swallow, or Neil. But it was a big part of how we, I mean, how we got here, of course, but deepening deepening the connection. So it is an interesting thing to think about. Again, I think that distinction between that I hinted at between goal work and soul work, which is my attempt to coin a phrase, which I still think is a little clumsy and probably won't probably won't become the new vulnerability or whatever that you know that, that everyone's talking about you know but it's good to know what some of the outcomes of making something like this can be which is that people in your orbit get sucked in and my understanding like neil you've listened i mean as a podcast uh, someone who has something bordering on podcast obsession or did you've listened to quite a few of them right yeah i mean i mean i'm confident i've listened i'm certain i've listened to most of them it's probable that at some point I've listened to all of them. Um, and I'm not sure I could say that about any other podcasts that are about coaching or that give access to aspects of coaching. Yeah, which which tells us two things. One, uh, there's not so much content that it's impossible to, to listen to all of it. So yet, but probably we're going to spoil that next year. Um, and um, two, that it's obviously excellent is the other thing that you're saying there. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it's it's it is yes. The reality is it's the, it is those two things. And uh, I think the if I were to define excellent for me in this context, it's it's about the connection. It's about the realness, and that I am genuinely getting access to the guest's journey, warts and all, the struggle, the beauty, the charm and the challenge. And um, that that it keeps me coming back. I, I have a, a, a firm belief and indeed central to my practice is that coaching is relational in all the best ways. And that through the podcast, there is there is an element as a listener, there's an element of the relational. And it it may be on some level parasocial, but still that there is genuine connection there in the way that you have thus far supported people to open up and share parts of their yeah. journey. Yeah, I, I don't. Quite, can you just define parasocial for me before I assume I know what it means? Yeah. So my understanding of it, which, um, as with many things in life that I believe I understand, is quite possibly a bit wonky, is that. It's essentially through, let's for the the sake of argument, say, um, listening to the episode where you interviewed James Bianco, that I build a a bit of a connection with him. That I have a sense that I am in some in some way connected to him. Now, I think it does have um, some challenging connotations, in as much as I think if you continue to get deeper into the parasocial perspective it might be that i believe he's my friend and that indeed he knows about me and has any awareness that i exist in the world don't worry james i don't i don't expect you to and so i think there is like a kind of um uh, like a a less rosy part of it that I, i you know it might be i know robbie and you and i share a great admiration and um profound interest in the work of tim ferris and i think it could it could be said that um you know i've spent so much time reading and listening to his work that i i have a because it speaks to me so much i have a sense that i have a relationship with him I, I, and i i hope i'm sufficiently self-aware 
and boundary to know that he hasn't the faintest idea that I exist. And indeed, that doesn't matter. That's that, And I'm totally okay with that. So I think there are aspects of parasocial that might be problematic. But um, I think there's positive parts that we can um, create some connection and meaning, meaning-making from um, the access that the podcast gives to the parts of these people's journeys that they're willing yeah, to share. It's beautiful, Neil. And um, it makes me think of Joey's uh, web. Uh, sorry, I know it's not Joey's web, but but like for me, it's now Joey's web. Um, or Joey, it, was, it wasn't, it was a net, wasn't it? Somebody else's net, but Joey's web is now what I'm going to think of it as, Indra's net, yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I've thought about podcasts for a while is that they, what's special about them is they let us be part of the kind of conversations we wish we were having more in our lives. Um, and I, I don't think I've ever said this before, but I had this really profound, like deepening of that understanding about, I don't know, maybe a, a year and a half ago, maybe a bit less. It's just, I was just having a tough time. Like it was, we had a little, Leah was little, she was really sick. Like we'd had a rough, rough week for details that I won't go into, but it was like, you know, the nursery had accused her of having chicken pox, which she didn't have on like, which meant they refused to have her in on like, just genuinely one of the worst weeks of our of our lives and it was important i got to the end of it then my mum came out to help and like passed out like midway through because she wasn't very well and it was i was at the end of this day and i've been trying to work and i put on this podcast that i love when i need to relax i listen to these completely geeky guys talking about football and this is one of their most like indulgent ones where they were talking about um, so it's it's now they've rebranded it now. It's a bit of a shame. It used to be called Zonal Marking. Now it's called the Athletics Football Tactics Podcast. But they were obsessing about direct free kicks and whether they're useful or not. And it was just like the most absurd geeky thing in the world. And it was just like an absolute relief because I was sat washing up at like 11.30 p.m. feeling alone and sad. And then I got to sit in this beautiful, pointless conversation of exactly the kind that I needed. But all the people I actually know who I could have that conversation with were scattered around the country, busy with their own um, struggles. And that is something that this thing, this podcasting thing can create for people. So I sent Ali Maxwell, who's the, I had to after that, like I sent Ali Maxwell, who's the host of that show, a Twitter DM about it, because he's got it, like, he doesn't know that, that their absurd conversation about direct free kicks is helping someone's acute feelings of loneliness. But like, what a thing it is that we can do that. Um, Joey, you were going to say something before. Yeah, and actually, you, you just reminded me as you were saying that, and I think what you and Neil have been talking about, I found, I have found, I mean, I don't know who listens to what past podcasts and how often they listen. As I said, I'm relatively new to them. But this podcast, I will listen to easily two hours of my time. Just, I think for both the reasons you've just given, they kind of become these really profound, deep, explorative conversations, but they're just really ordinary somehow. I'm not quite sure how that happens, but they're really ordinary. And I don't mean boring. <laughs> I just mean kind of every day, nice, comforting to listen to. But actually, I find them, as they kind of stack and build all the different conversations, really deeply encouraging as a coach. It's that encouragement that this is ordinary, this is human, this is humanity, this is what we do, this is what we're contributing to as coaches. And I found that, yeah, really powerful, actually, really interesting and powerful and comforting and all the different things. Ruth, how about you? What were you going to say then, or, or and or if you want to move into, yeah, reflections on the conversation so far, or where you came to this this thing we call the coach's journey? 
Um, yeah, sure, I will. But I just wanted to know if the I was going to say boring football guy then. And yeah, then good, good, good save. If the mm, if the football podcast guy did reply to your DM, yeah, he he said, "Wow, thank you so much for saying that." I'm, it's it's Aww. so gl- I'm so glad that our entirely frivolous conversation is meaningful, and I hope Leah gets better soon. It's a really nice message. She's a lovely man. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he is very boring if you find football boring, as we are probably. Or maybe maybe not. I was going to say as we are if you find coaching boring. But I think there's one of the reflections is, like, I've had people listen to this show who aren't really coaches who have said that they, they love these conversations. So I think it's maybe we're not boring in the way because they're human stories, whereas obsessing about um, direct free kicks is only interesting to a certain corner of the population. Ruth. I don't even know what direct free kicks are. The opposite of indirect, one assumes. Exactly. I remember once uh, me and uh, the uh, I don't think this is breaching confidentiality. At the end of one a community call, once someone it was just before England were playing, and we started having a conversation about it in the last thirty seconds. And Ruth was like, "Right, I'm off. <laughs> Hang up straight away." Yeah, it's not it's not my zone of genius or interest. <laughs> Well, it might be true for other listeners. This is why it's important to have a pool of hosts, so not too much of it digresses into um, football or Star Trek. Old chat, exactly. We had a brief Star Trek story before the before the recording switched on, didn't we? Which we won't repeat for listeners. No, in case we won't. That's too much, Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> Either is there something you know that, that's really standing out for you from the conversation so far, and or where did you come to the coach's journey? Um, I think Neil summed it up with them. Um, the term familiar warmth um, that we've had on all our team calls regarding the podcast, but also is also present when we have our community calls as well, which is absolutely part of the value of that. Um, Where did I come? How did I come to the coaches? Yeah, where did you like? Where did you first hear about it? Where did you first? Why did you listen? Or why did you contact me? We could do that if you want. Okay. Um, my mom. Yeah, mums, mums are here as part of this really? conversation, aren't they? Between Ruth and I. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, yeah, it must have been spring, summer, in god awful twenty twenty. Although, you know, some of it wasn't awful. Finding the Coach's Journey podcast wasn't awful. Um, Because during lockdown, I'd started being interested in coaching. And sort of I'm that person that when I'm interested in something, I just hoover everything up and look for everything so I must have been talking to my mom about coaching and she said oh um and mentioned the name of her friend and said that this friend's son does coaching and that friend's son was Robbie it's like it's like all all great friendships start because your mums are friends right (laughs) yeah yeah, definitely. So straight away, because I was in proper Hoover spon- sponge mode. Hoover sponge mode. Wow. Um, I just Googled Robbie's name, 
found the website. Um, and then I think I went straight to the podcast because I'm just going to put it out there. I am obsessed with podcasts. There's there's no bordering on obsession. Uh, Ruth, before we go on, tell us some of your other favourite podcasts. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that the coach's journey is one of your favourites in that in that question. I'm going to keep with that assumption. But tell me, tell us some of your other like Neil's mentioned the Tim Ferriss show. Um, what are some of your yeah. favourites? Yeah, Tim Ferriss definitely up there. But I've also really enjoying kind of more alternative stuff at the minute. There's maintenance phase, which is about kind of debunking wellness and anti-fat bias and that's really opened my eyes um about how I think about fat people which has been really interesting and they're both just really funny um like yeah I just kind of want to sit and have a glass of wine with them and laugh with them um also another one is conspirituality you can see there's a bit of a like debunking conspiracy thing here um not that I'm a conspiracy theorist quite the opposite um so those ones are are big at the minute but also like I'm lapping up true crime yeah you can't I mean once you've once you've listened to serial you kind of can't can't go back on that stuff can you yeah so yeah I'm definitely totally podcast obsessed and proud of it um so I went straight to the Coach's Journey podcast and I just remember like I probably like Bosch there's probably there was probably like 30 episodes then if yeah and I probably like Bosch them all in a couple of months and then and I don't want to say too much about my favorite episode because I think we're coming to that but it was that certain it was that certain episode that then made me reach out to you Robbie well, let's let's do that one now because it's part of the story, and then we can come back. We can come back in more detail later on if you want. What was yeah? Because I love that. I love that. You reminded me of this memory recently, right? And I'd forgotten it, but it was in. You wrote about it, I think, in the first, probably the first email yeah, contact yeah. that we had. Um, so yeah, what was the what was the moment for you that that sparked that email or that or that that favorite episode? Just let me check because you know you talked about the neighbors and a pneumatic drill. Yeah, yeah we yeah. can't hear you. We okay. can't hear you on That's your neighbors' fine. pneumatic drill. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, before we switched on, uh, listeners, I was just saying, I didn't say, like, it's hard enough to get all six of us on a call at the same time. The idea that we might get through it without someone's neighbours starting to use a pneumatic drill is is laughable or someone's internet being 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 destroyed. So we'll see if we do. But so far, so far, so good. Yeah. What was the what was the what was that episode? Ruth? It was the Joel Monk episode. And interestingly, because I knew I was going to talk about it today, I've re-listened to it. And that's just been like just like crazy in a wonderful way. Mm. What like what was yeah, what is what was it like and what stood out from that episode looking back? So yeah, for people who just actually let me do it a little bit, people who don't know, I remember that one, it was one of the first, it's number five or six, I think. And Joel, if if I had to point at the people who aren't family members who have had the biggest impacts on my life, like so many of my stories about the things that I'm doing now and the successes I've had start with, I was once doing this coaching session with my coach at the time, Joel Monk. And we get into that a bit in that episode. Um, but yeah, Ruth, for you, what was meaningful about that episode or what what stands out for it, uh, stood out for it as you listen back? 
Well, I kind of need to go back to the first time I listened to it first because it was a rainy day during lockdown and, as usual, I would walk wherever. And this time I happened to be down by the canal in, in the rain. In Leeds, right? Leeds is where you live, yeah? In Leeds, yeah. Um, in the rain. And just hearing Joel talk with such passion about coaching just like floored me and for the first time really in my adult life I felt so strongly that this that coaching was something I wanted to do and not you know when I said first time in my adult life like I remember being a kid and thinking I wanted to be an actor and a performer and and, and knowing that, like, so fully within myself. And then, obviously, times change, and I ch- I changed, and that, that desire waned. And at no point during, you know, and I've done work in my adult life that has been fulfilling and enjoyable, but at no point have I ever, ever felt that, like, complete knowing of this is what I want to do. And that just hit me by the canal in the rain and I just started crying. So I got home and I think that's when I emailed Robbie and was waffling on about, oh my God, you're going to think I'm some crazy canal crying woman. Um, but you probably still think that. Um, I only invite crazy canal crying <laughs> women to be part of my, um, <laughs> and men to be part journey. of a coach's journey. Yeah. And there's a nice lot of alliteration there as well. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's what kind of pushed me to reach out to you. So to then listen back to it three and a half years later, when I'm now working, you know, almost full time as a coach, feeling that stuff that Joel talks about is just it was a real sort of um oh I don't know like a a line in the sand like listening back to that that's not the right word it'll come to me To listen back three and a half years later and to have actually achieved what it was that made me cry is is pretty cool. Everyone's nodding, it, listeners. It is, pretty, it is pretty cool. Yeah, and to listen back because since listening, I've you know I've trained on working as a coach. To then listen back to the like the more technical stuff about it, and and be a, you know be able to really tune into that that side of it was was really good as well, like the somatic stuff and that embodied uh, coaching. Um, but also, what's amazing is that you recorded that. I don't know when you recorded it. I think it went out in January. 2019 and you and Joel are talking about a VUCA world 
And I'm thinking, you ain't got any fucking idea <laughs> how, how volatile, uncertain, yeah. complex and ambiguous life is just about to become. Um, so that was, you know, that was a really interesting way to listen to it as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's absolutely my favorite episode and essentially what pushed me to reach out to you. Um, and Joel, I've written it down because when I listen to it again, <clears throat> I, when I listen to it again, it's funny. I couldn't pinpoint the exact moment that made me cry. Um, I think it was earlier on, but this time what really stood out to me is Joel talks about our own embodiment into the fullness of who we are. And that just like slapped me around the face in a really good way. Cause I, like, I feel like I'm getting there mm -hmm. at 44. Like embodying the fullness of myself. And I think if any of us get there at any point, that's just like a beautiful, amazing achievement. Mm. I, I love hearing this reflection on that episode, Ruth, because it's funny. Like that, I, I kind of forgotten that that was the that was the start of that email until we were of our of our correspondence until we were talking about it the other week. And mostly, what I remember of feedback about that episode is. I won't name the person because they didn't say it publicly. Somebody else who's been a member of the community at different times once saying to me, I love the Coach's Journey podcast. This was early days, like probably when that episode had just come out. I've listened to all the episodes, apart from the one with Joel Monk, which I just couldn't get through. It's just Isn't like, it so I have that in my mind. You know, it's funny, in my, my mind, my body, my memory of that, of that, which is like, I can kind of get that because, you know, Joel, one of the things I love about him is he can he can take us into a kind of, he could take us out of the practical really quickly mm. and into that kind of really deep, deep stuff mm. like you're talking about, but that's not for everybody. But yeah, this makes me excited, right? Because I'm like, wow, it's probably time we spoke to Joel again on the show, isn't it, really? because he Yeah, I thought exactly that. He's changed, exactly. his work has changed. <gasps> Maybe um, I could interview him. Maybe we could do it together. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? There we go, team. Obviously, Joel hasn't said yes. He may not say yes. No, but uh, but, but like lots of ideas for this podcast. They don't always come off, but you've got to have the idea. So I love it, Ruth. Thanks for sharing that. Alex Witten, it's been a long time since you spoke <laughs> spoke on this call. Um, I guess to slow us down in, 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 in this moment, you know, it'd be lovely to hear what you've noticed, like what's really stood out from this conversation and then something about how you came across this this thing, the coach's journey. And also it was Alex who gave us that question, like to the reframe from we want to save. How did you come to coaching for the one-to-one -one interview? So what are we how, what's a frame for this for getting to know you all in this episode? And it's such a good one. Yeah, Alex, what are you noticing? Mm, yeah, thanks, Robbie. Um yeah, I love what Ruth was saying because that's probably a summary of how I came to the the community group calls in the same way that. I, and I don't know what specific episode, but I was like, this Robbie is onto something. These people are really interesting. They're really human. Like different, and, and when you were talking at the very beginning, Robbie, you were talking about like process and the opportunity to, to share people's journeys and process. I was like, well, actually, I'd like to maybe go through some of the process 
in a similar space, which which then became me joining the group. But that that's kind of the ending. Um, the other thing I, I noticed when you were talking, which feels pertinent, is I've got this image of when you were talking about resistance. Resistance in my head can manifest almost like like a knot that if you leave it was or like jumbled wires like mine were before this call it will, will just smooth itself out over time um and that'd probably be the story of me coming to the coach's journey because the first time i heard of the podcast was on the the mo foundation alumni facebook group which is why i did my coaching training one of just, the lead just say something about mo just for people yeah. who don't know it because i think yeah, it's a really yeah. interesting organization and for some listeners like when you're a coach you often get asked about um where do you recommend people change and there's some interesting things about mo that i think like if you could say a few words about it so that people can look that up if they want to that'd be great yeah so um i'll declare my bias in that i still do some training with mo because i think they're wonderful um but mo is mo foundation is a, a charity that basically delivers really affordable coaching training with a focus on people that either work with young people or in the youth space to empower the next generation of young people. Um, uh, and essentially going through that training, which is why my coaching training, you then become part of the uh, alumni group. I'm sure Robbie will probably talk way more about Mo when we do our one-to-ones. So yeah, and, and people, uh, like, it, you might be about to say this, but yeah. if people want to hear, is this what you're about to say next? Is that how you, so you presume, was it Katrina who posted in the alumni Facebook group or how did it? It was, it was actually Jeffrey. Um, ah, was it right? Yeah. So, okay, so yeah, you can check out if you want to hear Mo, is Jeffrey a Mo graduate as well? I didn't remember that. He's but... now, a, he's definitely a lead trainer. I don't know if he's a Mo graduate. Yeah, so Jeffrey Wotherspoon, but I thought you might be talking about Katrina Horry, who was guest number four, I'm going to say, or five, four, Alex says, yeah. Um, and still is one of the ones that is has a, a funny little spike. Uh, in If you look at the um, the listener stuff, Katrina's one, um, and it's interesting to try and work out why this is. It might be just she repeatedly publicizes it to mow people she's training, but uh, in the listener details, listener stats for the coach's journey, the most listened to in any month is like the latest one and episode one because there's a bunch of people who come to the show who come who listen to the latest one because it's just come out and then there's a bunch of people who come to the show and go back to start at the beginning um but and then it drops off a little bit with episode two and three and then spikes with four for katrina and i think my guess would be there's two reasons for that one is she shares it with people who are on the mo foundation uh training that she that she often facilitates and the other is it's a really beautiful conversation mm. um that i absolutely love it was one of the first ones where i thought wow we've we've created a picture of this person that i that i didn't know she even i don't know if she feels like this but i felt like i knew her a bit because we were kind of neighbors but but although we didn't realize it when we first connected which is a funny story we we live like we lived like four maybe like 800 meters from each other but we both traveled into the middle of london in order to meet because we hadn't realized um that we lived so near each other but um yeah, there's something about that that we really get to the core of who she is in that conversation, which I think is really beautiful. So that might be that might be why. But but sorry, Alex, I interrupted. So so it was Jeffrey who posted about what about his appearance on the show. That that yeah, Jeffrey shared his episode, which and this funny part of the story, I must admit, I've never listened to because um, this is <laughs> the point at which um, I was perhaps like playing with the idea of exploring coaching something I want to pursue is my business and I was like oh this looks great I'll listen to it on my lunch break I opened it and went what and a half hours 
<laughs> it's my lunch yeah. break. Yeah. Um, uh, and but to that resistance and those kinks, they're definitely like it hadn't smoothed out enough to go. You know what? I'm going to give it this time to really explore this. And actually, and you didn't realize yet that that what, one and a half hours is like the shortest episode of the Coach's <laughs> Journey podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and and fast forward where I've you know I've not quite got to Jeffrey's because I'm one of those people that one went back to the beginning and worked through um, and listened to some more recent ones as well just to see when you were talking about how they've perhaps changed over time um but instead kind of went to and partly probably because i don't i wasn't that familiar with podcasts and the ones i listened to were um very rugby focused i'll pause there in case it's too much sport for one one call and ruthie, there we, you ruthie know, you're gonna hang up if we talk about yeah. rugby yeah she's doing a she's doing a bored expression I will have to have a separate one where um, I interview you and Joey about your rugby involvements mm-hmm. and we talk about that and its relationship to coaching. Uh, yeah, that will definitely be four hours long. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> no one will listen to it except for me. Um, hey, but by the way, um, uh, endorsement, you'll love this, um, Alex and Joey, endorsement on Claire Pedrick's latest book, Lucia Baldelli's Lewis Moody. Because mm. uh, he's done some coaching training. So that's a little, I think, because that's a little aside. Um, I, I, sorry, Alex, we're interrupting. Let's not do too much rugby. We're in danger of losing Ruth and three quarters of the listeners. Um, so you then, you did, you found a space to absorb these long form interviews. I'm going to say something about long form, short form in a sec. I think that's a really interesting part of of this mm. whole thing for us, for podcasting. But um, yeah, what else, like, what else did you want to say? So before that, I then just had the website up and read the how I became a full-time coach in two years article. So I was like, well, what does this really, like this coaching thing really involve? Because I was then at that point of, well, I really love doing this thing, coaching. What could it be? Um, and by chance, an, another coach posted on the Mo alumni Facebook group who is, is also called Alex. Um, but as this call shows, more people than just Alex's can be coaches. Um, they, it shows that, doesn't it? But it, that, it does help. Yeah. <laughs> Love to all the Alex coaches out there. Um, I had an embarrassing moment, actually, on a coach's journey call with several Alexes where I had to admit that Alex was really high up our list of names for mm. our, for our not not because of you, I promise, but, but maybe because of you, um, for, for our second trial. <laughs> Alex, sorry, I keep interrupting. No, no, no. Yeah. It's just your life must be so saturated with Alex's that it's, it's on your right. peripheral vision. Yeah. But no, um, and he was just starting out his own coaching practice. And I messaged him on Facebook, going, Oh, would love to hear how it's going. And he went, I think I was talking around like marketing stuff, you know, like how do you find what you do as a coach? And he suggested the Allegra Stain episode and the, the the first one and the Toku McCree episode. And I was like, and at that point I was more in it. And so this sort of jumbled kink analogy, it definitely sort of smoothed out enough. I was like, you know what, I'm now going to smooth this out myself. I'm going to sit down and listen to these episodes. Um, I listened to both of those. And at that point, went, right, you know what, I think it was just Allegra's. Let's do this from the beginning. Um, and must have been a lot of the episodes people mentioned. So Joel's, James Branco's actually... Catriona Horries were all really resonant, I think. And at that point, I went, I, th- I think this was a year into actually working my business. And I was like, I want more of this to the point you were saying would be about process. That's why I found the community. 
um, join the join the overall community. And I think in part because what what I loved and what feels different about all of this to some of the other coaching stuff I listen to is that it's really human. I think I can find it really challenging to see myself as someone who could be any, anything, let alone a coach. And to actually hear stories, I always reference the Phil Bottom one where part of his coaching, original coaching bit, he's just, I spent loads of time watching Bargain Hunt. And there was something really human about like the process and the way that everyone found their their way in terms of who they are as a coach and how they did it that I thought actually imagine being part of that in a like live living organic way by joining kind of the, the community and those group calls as well as listening to the episodes that is then kind of where well, these people are where I might like to be the people here within this group are in their own way navigating that journey and so being able to share that and be part of it was really wonderful and I think like the the way it humanized that process um was I suppose what what got me got me to here and got me through the one hour and a half and you know now I'll uh just churn through those two hour calls bread and butter yeah, and and look, I, you might have just said this, Alex, because my attention went a tiny bit there, which is like this is like uh, practicing what I preach. Sometimes say that to clients, it's a bit edgy, but it's like I, you, I wouldn't you know. Like you might have just said this, but what you may, said made me think was that that is also about what you all coming on board is for me. Mm. It's like we get all again, we get the process again at different stages, and therefore the curiosity about different things coming in different ways. And um, yeah, I, I'm really excited for all that. Um, I think it's, I think it was so beautiful hearing Ruth's story about your favorite episode. It would be great to hear some of those other stories in a minute. But I wanted to say something about short form, long form, because I think it is a really interesting thing. It used to happen all the time in the first, I don't know, like probably in those first few months where it was fortnightly and then into that first year. I used to get messages all the time saying, I love your podcast, but why is it so long, essentially? Or can you make it shorter? And uh, my response was, no, um, I cannot and will not. Um, now, I'm a little looser around that now. But, you know, first of all, it, I think it's like a really, I find it a really, I, I, I got into saying this a little bit, which is probably a little bit too sharp with people. But I got to, it's like a real, um, what I say, like victim response. You know, just listen to it in two sittings. Like there's some psychological thing that makes it really difficult for people to deal with a two-hour episode. Just if you want an hour episode, you've got two here. Just listen to them. You know, and that's like that's my kind of slightly direct way of saying it. But you know, Spotify allows you to listen up to like five speed. You could listen to it. I mean, you can't actually understand it when it's going at five speed, especially if I'm talking. But um, you know, with people who <laughs> who talk more slowly, which is be a great thing. My either reckon, you know, having a more diverse group means you might be able to listen to some of these on on three times. But even me, you can listen to on 1.8 or two. Um and I think one of the things we'll play with, you know, Ruth, you were asking this when we were first talking about the show, like, do they have to be really long? And the answer is, of course, no. Um, and I think we'll play with that with different formats over the next year. I suspect some months we'll actually release more than two episodes, partly because I've got a load of short episode ideas um, that I think will come out as little, probably little bonus episodes. And again, that's some of that release of energy from the having to keep it going will allow allow for that much more, I think. Um but I like, for example, I love the diary of a CEO thing. I mean, I don't love it as a listener. I skip them and never listen to them. But I love the idea of the thing that he does, which is pull out like 90 seconds of somebody and have, look, here's this 90 second version of my sprawling conversation with um, whoever. 
And although I got really annoyed when I was trying to listen to, <laughs> trying to find a guest uh, on, on Diary of a CEO, um, and I got, I found that I could only find their like little tiny bit. I was like, well, where's the whole thing? Um, it is great to, to expose from the middle of these sprawling real conversations, like the amazing little insight that, um, that, that, that might be in there. So we might have some fun with that. And if listeners are listening and they can think of, like, maybe we'll find that bit of Joel's episode and we'll like make it into a little clip. But if anybody's got some bits of their favorite moments, not just episodes from the show that they think other coaches would love to have pulled out, then by all means, let us know. Um, before we do some more favorite episodes, is there anything else that anyone wants to kind of pull out or, or reflect on in this moment? In that case, I mean, I can choose, but who's got a favorite episode that they'd love to talk about? I choose Neil. Too, too late, Alex and Jerry putting your hands up. <laughs> it's, so, James Bianco and Phil Bolton, neck and neck. James wins as favorite episode, just. But I would be doing the episode with Phil, and I mean the early one, I think it was episode two of him on his own. The other one that he does with his colleague, whose name currently escapes me. Inga, yeah. There's a more recent one, if people are interested in that, where we catch up with Phil a little bit on where he was, but um, yeah. yeah. And it's also magnificent. Um, so I'll speak to the James Bianco one. And I think what really struck me was here is a person who is like really in the thick of building a coaching business and understanding what that means for them deep in the process. Um, and is thinking like is able to share a rigorously considered and well thought through understanding of where they've got to. And so I I was really struck by the the extent to which the story was both interesting and I could extract actionable insights from it. That I could go like I judge this person so so an example would be and a theme for me early in my co coaching journey, and indeed one that persists, is I I took the choice to move into the the necessity of making a sufficient financial return from the business quite early on and quite quickly, and like many people, have a, a reasonable level of financial commitments that I need to meet on a monthly basis. And I think I was really struck by. James also sharing that in his episodes and and looking at ways of not muscling building a big business, but rather being real again. It's back to this relational piece of of where am I at now? And and this touches on the reason that James for me slightly pips Phil at the post is I noticed when Phil was doing the same thing and talking about the same thing and talking about the challenges of um, ending up sitting watching Bargain Hunt because 
things weren't quite going the way that he wanted in his business. He also had this depth of pure coaching experience from his time in Deloitte, where he was coaching internally and in his first year had amassed like an extraordinary sum of client hours, somewhere close to a thousand, is my memory. Whereas James, by comparison, was like he was driving the car and building it at the same time. He didn't already have a car to drive in. The vehicle of his business was, in the early days, relatively light on client hours, which I think is common for coaches and really spoke to me, although I'd been doing some internal coaching, it wasn't close to a hundred hours, never mind a thousand. And although I'd been leading in a coaching style for a number of years, the teams that I was working with, I didn't have that depth of experience. So those are the things top of mind at the moment that um that really struck me about his episode. Yeah, there's a beautiful humility to James. I know James pretty well, like as that episode will come across. But I, but since then, I did quite a lot of supervision, group supervision, where James was a member, along with our, our another good good friend Nicole Brigandi. And there's a real r- great humility to James, which I think is some of that thing about like I thought that's what you're going to say. I know the depth of client hours is there as well, but for me, there's a, like a difference. I don't know. I think James sometimes, like lots of great coaches, doesn't quite know how awesome he is. Um, and Phil, in a really, not in a bad way, in a really good way, knows on some level how awesome he is. And so that's somehow makes for me sometimes those, those things somehow more relatable. Um, when I'm feeling like I'm not awesome, when I'm feeling like I'm awesome, I, I, I love other people who are feeling awesome as well. I think it's really, I'm going to try and remember to send this to James. Maybe I'll send him this episode when it's out. Cause I'm pretty sure at the end of that, after we'd switched off, like you said, uh, rigorously considered and well thought through sense of where he's got to. My feeling was that it wasn't the internal experience of James Bianco at that stage. And I think particularly what's nice about remembering that and some of those early episodes and some of the later ones too, is James wasn't somebody who'd been interviewed a lot. So it's a different experience. It's like, you know, when you're interviewing somebody, I don't remember this specifically with James, but when you're interviewing somebody who hasn't been interviewed a lot, you're kind of really having to hold them through quite a terrifying potential experience like you five are doing remarkably well on the outside from where i'm sitting on the other end of zoom in in this call because it's it's quite something to be um to have that spotlight turned on you uh, and some people you know if you listen to the interview that i did with jamie smart or marsha reynolds you know they've been interviewed a thousand times by the time i interview them and they're great conversations and we get to some great places in them but there's a different feel to them to james or or katrina who we were talking about before yeah, and I think that one of the things, again, it, it it's sort of using this um, framework of of the comparison between Phil and James. Like my memory is, and Phil's episode, he was perhaps thirteen years deep into his coaching business. James was five, and there's a freshness to his thinking in real time. So although the things he was he were the things he was saying came across as well thought through. I think the well thinking through was happening in the moment. He was a structured thinker capable of real-time processing. And there's a there's a freshness and an aliveness to that. And and in some respects, again, it's it's my favorite episode. So inevitably it's speaking to a number of things about me. One of the things it touched on was 
here's also a fully formed human being who's had a substantial career and is now able to see five years in, which I can't when I'm earlier in my journey listening to this yet, but this is beginning to open up for me. Even though I might not have been a, a pure coach for over a decade, there's a whole host of things that come from my earlier career that are absolutely relevant and indeed will show up both in liminal and subliminal ways in my coaching powerfully and, and in my business. His articulation of the depth of network through his time at the civil service and working internationally was like, you know, to um, this point about being slapped around the face in a good way. It was like, oh yeah, yeah, I did work in a particular set of industries for 20 years and spoke to people and hopefully behaved like a decent human being and have remained in touch with many of those people. And, and they are also humans who have needs and this wonderful thing called coaching might be able to support them. Um, so yeah, all of that stuff really connecting to where I was at back when I listened to it a few years ago, um, was enormously powerful. Yeah. That's great stuff. So much stuff we could talk about about that. But we can just leave people. We can leave that for another time, Neil, for when we're speaking. But we can leave people to go back and listen to James because it makes me want to go and, like, and listen to that conversation. Like I love, I love that man in lots of ways. But um, and it makes me want to talk to him as well. So maybe I'll do that. Um, although we're getting a few too many of those, aren't we, from this from this conversation from from remembering it for my for my time. But it is, yeah. It's like, and I think you've spoken there, Neil, to some of the things that make this podcast important which is the people at a range of stages in the show you know and i and i guess we heard it a bit from ruth like what's it like to listen to an episode at one stage of your journey and then another stage and i imagine that we'll hear different things from phil when we're 10 years in compared to when when we're like you know listening when we're three years in or, or what i had been four years in when i interviewed phil i'm eight years in now it's like a different it's a different picture at, at that stage and it's why it's important like one of the things that happened what I loved about we started brainstorming. You started just bringing to me or to us to meetings who the, some of the guests you might um, want to speak to uh, or an interview as part of the show. And we're not going to talk too much about that in this episode because they're not all confirmed and we don't know who's going to be when and all that kind of thing. But one of the things that really stood out for me was some of them were people that had been on my list of guests, potential guests, since the very start of of the sh of the show. I started compiling who would I love to have on. And and some of them were people who had even who had pitched to be on the show, and I had never invited the first lot for for whatever reasons, and or hadn't yet interviewed the people who wanted to be on the show. And as soon as it was the idea was that it might be Neil interviewing that person, or Joey interviewing that person, or Ruth interviewing that person, my I was Scott, or Alex. In fact, Alex, one of your first ones, is one of those people I've had on the Alex Witten that I've had on the list since the very start. I was like, I can't wait to listen to that show with Alex interviewing this guest in a way that I was not excited to do the interview. Not that I wouldn't have had an amazing conversation with her. Um, so I, I just think that's like, that speaks in some ways to that, that complexity of the kind of all the line, the different lines you can have between where we're at in our journeys and where the person we're speaking to or the person who's the guest on the podcast is at. So thanks for bringing all that in, Neil. Um, Alex, Whitney, I'm going to come to you. Did you already mention that you're one of your favorite episodes from the show, or is is there one that stands out? Mm. When I actually have a kind of a, a pair, and it was one of my coach's journey binges. So, and they were back to back, which I thought was really interesting. And it was the Chris Joseph episode, and then the Giovanna Caposo one. 
And I thought we were really interested. Firstly, Chris's story is really interesting. The you know the whole Ponzi. If you just create a clickbait title from Ponzi scheme to you know prosperous coach, that that would be a great well, one. Well, that but... would have been better. That was slightly that's slightly better than what we've got. I think that's what we should have done gone for, isn't it? Yeah, we went around on the title for that. Chris actually came up mm. with the title for that episode because mm. we were just gonna <laughs> we were just gonna really emphasize that that he talked about failure loads and thought better check that with him before we made the title of the episode just mm. about failure but it is an inc- incredible story the ponzi scheme thing in that episode you can really feel the energy of what the, the personal transformation that had to come come for him through going through that pretty traumatic series of events sorry alex though i'm i'm interrupting uh, uh, what chris's story was both excellent i think his i really enjoyed his presence on the call and in part because and this is why i like the episode together when then Chris talks about his plans for the future, I think his his, his staffing program cost something like eighty thousand pounds, and he was talking about his first million pound program, but did it in such a like way of presence and having heard his journey and uh, his like mindfulness based kind of background, you completely understood. Like I understand the value that you're offering and bringing here, which I think topples often that coaching industry perception of like you need to charge x amount and it's like this ludicrously high fee thing and with chris you understood who he was seeking to serve and how um there was another insight i really liked from it in that you know inviting someone to coaching is a gift and so often we're like um please might you maybe come to this session i'd love to give you whereas actually recognizing the value you bring but then to put that alongside the giovanna episode where she'd also worked in of a high fee coaching space but was very much challenging the bubble of coaching as a i think it's often hard to get out of the mindset that to be a good coach you have to charge high fees and this sort of the the merit of you as a coach is the the fee you charge and i thought was really interesting because um i think there's a really important movement or shift to how can coaching be more accessible but also for someone within that space to kind of stand and challenge it and also to hear how she was bringing coaching into other aspects of her work so she'd gone from being almost like full-time coach into coach that's using it in a practice was it with a niece or a family member um in a wellness practice was was also fascinating and i i thought those two together i mean there's so so many more insights we could do to our call on them um that'd be a fun thing actually if if we just you know the the meta call on on the episode like the coach's journey coach's journey podcast group but anyway that's an aside um, i think it's like a cool idea and i i would you know again one of the things about doing this all together is we don't know i don't think i really said this like i, I mentioned it a little bit we don't know where this is going to end and we don't know where it's going to go and we might it doesn't feel like it now that we've got this far into it you know and and feeling the energy we might decide to wrap up in a year or by that point we might have done another 15 interesting things and um see lots more coming but i think yeah there's definitely like listen back it's like watching people play computer games on youtube which mm. i understand is what young people do um you know it's like the equivalent of that we can we can definitely get to that um thanks alex uh alex swallow what about you for favorite episode I'm quite impressed where people have managed to narrow it down because i had four so <laughs> um but i'll just mention them very briefly for for different and related reasons mine were um kim morgan chris joseph toby mccree and robert stevenson 
So um, Kim's one, I ended up, uh, she started Barefoot Coaching. Um, I ended up training with Barefoot Coaching. And I think that might have been the first time I've heard of Barefoot Coaching. Um, so that was amazing. And also really amazing for me is that there are other people in the community, including Ruth, who had been through Barefoot Coaching. Their recommendation to me was really important. So that's one of the other things I got out of the community. All of these four people um, have just had, I thought, really uh, big personalities in different ways, but they're very, very different from each other. And so for it, to give Toka as an example, um, I find uh, a lot of Toka's approach um, quite uh, challenging to me. And uh, I find Toku fascinating because he's a person who um, I think just seems naturally um, intimidating, like people find him naturally intimidating, which I find fascinating because he's clearly a lovely guy, really interesting guy, very intelligent person. Um, and so I really liked that kind of seeing somebody who had a very different approach to the one that um, I would take, who had built a very successful coaching business. Um, had real integrity, fascinating background, um, two years in a, in a Zen monastery. Um, and one of the things that I've really liked um, about, you know, about all these people, really, and, and really about the show, and it really goes back to that um, parasocial term, which I'd never heard before Neil used, um, although he used it in another call we had. So I looked it up. I still didn't understand it. So I'm very happy. Very happy we got to it today. Oh, Joey's, Joey remembers that too. So for me, I not only like feel that when I hear someone on the podcast, I have a potential, like it feels like I've got a relationship with them, I've got some understanding of them. But one of the things I did is that I've used it to connect to people. So for example, being a member of the community, I've connected to people on LinkedIn. And Chris, Joseph, Toki McCree and Robert Stevenson, I've all connected personally with in some way. Toku was on his beta reading list for his book, for example. Kim Morgan, I actually haven't spoken to in person, but I feel quite connected to because now I've been through a coaching program. And so for me, I feel that a lot of what's interesting for me about other coaches, I want to really know the person behind the coach. And that's what I think the podcast really gives a lot of people. And for me, being able to connect to people even on a personal basis, even in a really small way, I'm not saying all these people would remember me, but in a really small way, is fascinating and really helpful. And I learn a lot, not just from what people say, but what people do. And so seeing how people actually build their businesses, actually do things and do it with integrity has been key to, to the start of my own journey in the coaching space. Amazing. Thanks, Alex. Feel like we could jump in on lots of those things but for people who might be coming to this episode as the first one that we don't want them to have too much of that feeling that alex Witten had when when he came across it so we're going to have to stop at some point um so we can come back to those conversations another time but i love that we've got kim morgan in there i i love that one or two um and that we've mentioned toku and robert um because again all all great episodes joey how about you what, what what is there an episode that stands out for you or is particularly meaningful like Alex Swallow just said, I'm impressed people could hone it down. This is a really tough question when you're kind of, you've immersed yourself in the Coach's Journey podcast over a number of years. So um, interestingly, Chris Joseph was on there. Katie Harvey, episode one, especially, was really meaningful for me, um, especially seeing as she was about to become my supervisor at that point. And um, 
and actually uh, Henriettes. I loved that audacious um, ask just to just to do it. So for those of you listening who may not have um, come across hers, and I and I really only was just thinking about it because everyone's chosen all mine already, um, but. She did this thing. She was part of the community on that very first call, I remember, and, and came in and out for a while. And um, and then to come and remind us all so beautifully of the three principles and again to bring her own kind of flavour of integrity. And how many times have we said on this episode today, integrity, authenticity, truthful, honest. You know, she brought her own flavour of that, but she was one of us and it was magic to listen to. I remember it was on a long car journey up north and it was really lovely to hear. Um, it was a parasocial, Neil. It was real. I really know her from our community. And there she was on the Coach's Journey podcast, giving her story and the way she's built her practice and the way she still is and the way she's always open to learning and the way she is. I found it really, again, encouraging, really encouraging. And I think Chris and Katie's are the same. There's real encouragement there because they're real steady paced you know easy to understand um really articulate really real honest raw kind of any of us can do what they've done what they're doing what they still do yeah it's lovely and um alex yeah let's just jump in next i think we've we've all teased out these really amazing personal stories but i think the thing that grounds it for me as well is all of the ones we've mentioned, and I also think of Matt Thielman's recently and Tatra and Ahori's. There's some really interesting and insightful practical nuggets around how a co- how they run their coach business. I remember Matt Thielman had this beautiful question in enrollment calls about like, what are all the reasons that you will basically try and leave this coaching engagement? Let's get them on the table now. And, and I think Tatra and Ahori had something like four tips at the end, and one of them I always I tell other people who talk to me about coaching about, you know, just stay in coaching for like X period of time. Um, but it was really in, because you I think you forget when you hear these stories, oh, wow, they've had these amazing journeys. But actually, there are these really specific steps that they've taken or learned as they've potentially tripped and fallen and picked themselves back up that actually we can kind of harness or utilize. Yeah. And, and in a way, that's what I think I, I think I knew some of this near the start. I don't know when I had this insight, but but one of the things about about really trying to get into the journeys that people have been on and what they've done, including the big picture thinking and the practical stuff, is when you listen to it, you get a choice. Like Joey says, we could do all this, and then and there's all these there's this practical insights, but which and then which ones do we choose to do? Because no one's journey is exactly like Katie's or Chris's or Katrina's or um, any number of the other people we haven't mentioned, but they. But they could be. There are a mixture of those with some with some uh, uniqueness sprinkled in. Um, so I just say a couple of my favourites that we haven't mentioned or, or meaningful ones to me. Um, the one with Barry Ennis is really meaningful to me because Barry died more recently, and so I know that that is like a thing. You know what a weird thing podcasting is, right? And I'm a very it made me very aware when he died that I've made all this stuff that. Uh, <laughs> when my girls are are grown up, probably will still be here, even when I'm not. And and the, the, you get this sense of like th- what what that digital cloud storage means for the record keeping of the world. Um, but also, I just you know, 
Barry was a lovely, lovely man. And so and it, it's a great episode. And we had to stop because someone had their washing machine on. That's one of the things I remember about that one. Um, and the other one from most recently, like I absolutely loved the conversation I had with Lindsay Lewis. She's my, um, I sent her a message the other day saying, um, that was earlier this year saying, I think I have this thought often, Lindsay, which is that I resent that you live pretty much as far away from me as is possible, because if you lived nearby, I would be working really hard to make you my real friend. Um, because she's wonderful, like an amazing, amazing woman. Um, and because in that episode, we, I think we really, we get these, these two themes that have been, we said we get these big, big spirit, almost spiritual, like moments and viewpoints and ways of being that I can imagine will give somebody else the feeling that Ruth had on the side of the canal. And then she just nails the like, these are the four skills you have to learn if you want to, if you want to build a coaching business, here they are, one, two, three, four. And, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's very cool. So team, we're almost at time um, uh, for the, for the listeners' sake. The thing we haven't talked about in great detail that I, that we thought we might is, um, although I think it's come across in lots of ways, is why is this, this thing that we're doing together, meaningful for each of you? I want to say like a couple of things about that for me before we finish, but, and, and you don't all have to speak in this point, but I guess there's a, there's a part there, which is like, why did you say yes to this? And why is it exciting or important for you to, to be a part of what's coming? Is, is there anybody who wants to speak to that at all? And again, that doesn't, it doesn't have to be. Ruth, and then Neil. Um, it actually goes back to to Joel's podcast and that interview. Um, because he talks about, um, you know, working with leaders and helping them navigate, um, complexity and and the world as it is now. And I think. And we quite often talk about it on group calls, you know, that ripple effect. So I think it feels important for me because I'm going to be able to make more ripples. Um, in the way that your the podcast touched me. Then, you know, if if I can do that with an interview for one person, then that's a ripple that's been created. So I think that sounds a bit airy fairy, but I think you know what I mean. It's one of those funny things, Ruth. That in a different conversation, it might sound airy fairy, but because of the the for me the themes of this conversation, it makes complete sense. Um, and everyone else is shaking their heads. Let's assume all the listeners are too. No, it's not airy fairy, Ruth. It, it, okay. It's great. Thank yeah. you. Neil, what, what, what was coming up for you? I'm, I think there's a whole host of reasons. I'm not confident I'll do all of them justice just now. I believe in creating things and following my energy. And I've without question been hugely supported by the podcast thus far and the opportunity to contribute to the ongoing life of it and scratch my itch for creating things um is really really exciting um i think there are 
an extraordinary wealth of profoundly wonderful people operating in the coaching space. And I'd like to support the platforming of more of their voices. And I'm excited about the people that I'm going to get the opportunity to interview and indeed that the other people on this call are going to interview having seen some of the names and and the sorts of people we're going to be talking to. And I think I very much resonate with Ruth's point that if I can connect more people to like I'm hugely lucky to be able to to do that I I and and if I can connect more people to the stories and people that might spark something for them and set them off into the next phase step chapter of their journey uh, odyssey development in whatever way is right for them in whatever part of the the web or net they are currently at then that that feels like not only a great privilege but also kind of a responsibility that i i have the fortune to do that um and um it, it yeah it's 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 both exciting and um really rewarding and life affirming to have um a place to to be able to do that in a meaningful way Beautiful. Thanks, Neil. Joey, Alex, Alex, anything you want to put in at this moment before we bring the call to an end about why you're involved or, or anything else? No, beautiful. Okay. Well, we'll hear lots more from them. If you want to get to know some of these people a little bit more, they have other podcasts. So between now and when I interview them, you can check out Neil um, or Ruth or Alex Swallow's podcast. Alex Witten has some stuff on LinkedIn Live sometimes, so you can check out that. And we'll put links to to people's websites and things. I don't think you have a podcast, do you, Joey? A secret podcast that I don't know about? No. Um, we can. Uh, we'll put links to that in the show notes. Um, the I'm really excited to be a listener. That's one of the things I just noticed when you were speaking, Neil. That one of the things that happens to me now is I get to become a listener to the show, and that's a very strange thing to think about. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that. But just to close, one of the things that's really meaningful to me about this, so in in having Gabriella, our second um, daughter, earlier this year, um, you know, I find a lot of time when I'm kind of trapped because she basically only sleeps when she's strapped to us. So where I there's some things I can't do, and one of the things I've been able to do is listen um, to podcasts. And like uh, Neil said, we have a strong affinity. He and I particularly have, a, and, and Ruth as well. It sounds like I have a strong affinity for Tim Ferriss. I haven't listened to the Tim Ferriss show much for years, and I found myself listening to a lot. And a couple of things came together in it for me which is is pertinent to this. So one was this great question that Nassim Taleb um, asked in the interview that he did was important for him. It's like, who do you envy is a great question to ask. And, and what do you envy about them? Because that tells you, that told Taleb that he didn't want to be a, a, an investment banker or, or a hedge fund manager, or which is what a hedge fund manager, which is what he was doing. He envied the the academics, the people doing the research in the pure stuff. And that's what took him into the the, the big pieces of work that he does. And I realized that I was really envying um, Tim Ferriss and his involvement with Shopify because I'd listened to two interviews with two of the senior leaders at Shopify. I was trying to get into what is that that I envy? And there are a few things in there. But one of them is this beautiful thing that Toby Looker says in 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 the interview that, that Tim did with him, which <laughs> parasocial, there we go again, me calling him Tim. I try not to do that because it feels too parasocial, although I didn't know the meaning of parasocial before this conversation. Um 
Toby says this amazing thing. There we go. There we go. It's impossible not to do it. Toby Lucas says this amazing thing. He says, um, one of the things that uh, that makes the most meaningful thing, meaningful, one of the things that is most meaningful in life is to go on a journey doing hard things with friends. And I realized that that was one of the things I was really envious. Um, and I always like it when I misquote stuff. So I've been saying, ever since I heard that, I've been just, might, Toby Lucas might say this as well. I've been saying, um, what a what a what a privilege it is to get to go on adventures with friends, which is my way of saying I think I think the same thing. So yeah, I'm very grateful that the five of you are all here with me on this adventure. We'll see what happens. I'm very grateful that all the listeners are here. For those of you that have made it to the end of two two and a bit hours, especially grateful to you. Um, and we'll be back in the new year with two episodes a month, maybe more some other time. We'll, we'll have interviews with these five. We've got some amazing other guests. Um, but between now and then, um, have a wonderful Christmas. Um, and uh, a happy and exciting start to 2024. Hello, everybody. Robbie here again. Um, I hope having listened to this episode made it all the way to the end that you're as excited about what's coming on the Coach's Journey podcast as we all are, um, and that you've taken away loads from that episode as well as um, yeah, as well as got excited about what's coming next. And just before you go on to whatever else you've got going on with the rest of your day, which might be listening excitedly to some of the episodes we've just talked about, um, to pull out some of the, the insights that we've talked about, um, you might be interested in supporting the show go further. Um, that could be by becoming a supporter of the podcast, going to patreon.com slash thecoachesjourney and paying a small amount of money every month to receive some benefits, information on all the exciting guests that are coming up ahead of time, videos from me, and, and much more. Um, or you might be interested in being a part of a community of coaches, as the, 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 the host team talked about so beautifully in this episode, with people like them, including some of them still, and, and other people, other amazing coaches too. Um, if you would be interested in that, you can find out loads more at thecoachesjourney.com slash community. Um, at the moment, you can join from as little as £10 a month, um, up to paying £100 a month, which gets you all the community calls every year, plus some one-to-one time with me. Um, and is still, you know, those are still the most flexible, uh, flexible, affordable ways of working with me and having me as your coach. So if you'd be interested in that, um, yeah, you can find out more about that at, again, thecoachesjourney.com slash community and, and sign up on Patreon. Um, and um, other than that, hope we'll have you back with us in the new year um, and that you'll be listening to the Coach's Journey podcast again sometime soon. Mm-hmm.